to worship El Elyon? Can someone begin to worship Adonai? Can someone begin to worship the one he calls my father? You call him father. Can you begin to worship him now? You call him master Adonai. Can you begin to worship him now? Oh Jesus, these hearts, they have come to see you tonight. Oh Jesus, these hearts, they have come to you tonight. Oh Jesus, we have declared that we are free worshippers. And Lord, with the fruit of our lips, we leave them unto you. We leave the fruit of our lips unto you. Because you alone, you alone, you alone.
Lift him to greater heights, Jesus. Lift him to higher heights. In the name of Jesus, we are praying. Lord Jesus, the church has prayed and it is established now in heaven and on earth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I would still like you to stand because we'll pray one more prayer. Now this one is for you. I was listening to the wealthiest man as the world proclaims him to be. And, and I couldn't help but hear demonic intelligence. How that a man that is over 300 billion dollars worth by monetary value and he was asked a question, what do you worship? And he said, he doesn't worship anything. Do you believe in God? He said, I believe in science. Would you allow Jesus to save you? And he said, if Jesus had the power to save, who am I? Now, I'm just briefing or reducing everything that was said in the interview to just a few things. Having heard this interview, you who are not rooted in the faith, after having heard this, you say, ah, that man is such, he's such a literal man. He's a brilliant scientist, so brilliant rocket scientist. He wasn't even a rocket scientist. He learned by himself how to be a rocket scientist and became one. Show you how humankind can be so resilient. If you follow the backstory, you'll be so odd. Ah, look how somebody came out from nothing and became something important. And he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in Jesus. This is, this is wonderful. This is, why am I killing myself in this place? But I knew. Because there is no way you tell me that you have reached that level of influence and there is no spirit involved. And so this was, by my understanding, a cover up from hell. How many millions, he had billions of followers and views, that YouTube video. How many millions of people would have seen that video? And then those small ones that were actually trying to follow God, say, ah, Elon Musk did not follow God. Did I call his name? Sorry. He did not follow God. And he's, making the, um, and he's making the headlines he's making. How many Nigerians will see such a thing and they will see, young people now that are looking for uh, motivation and inspiration, they will see someone that is an icon in their own eyes and they will say, ah, this guy is doing these kind of things I want to do without even, ah, it means you should forget about it. Too. Can you just lift your voice and say, Lord, save me from contamination. The prayer that was raised during intercessory prayer, purge me, Jesus, save me from contamination. It's not just only about sexual impurity now, it's information as well. 21st century information is bringing things that you think is including God, but is actually excluding God. They are painting a picture about God that is not actually God. You believe you are still spiritual. You don't know that you have left the faith. You believe you are now being a rational believer. You don't know you are no longer spiritual. And without being a spirit, you cannot come before God. Can you just lift your voice and say, Lord, save me from contamination. Save me, Jesus. Save my soul. Save my heart. Save my ears. May I not hear what will defile my soul. May I not hear what will contaminate me. May I not hear what will drive me, drive my heart away from you, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. It is an important prayer to pray. You who is looking to rise up to the peak in your profession, you who is looking to rise up to be an influential figure in politics, it is an important prayer to pray, to pray. Because a time will come as a political figure where you will be asked to choose. Choose between God and the devil. And you will be forced to make a choice. Can you just lift your voice and make that prayer? You are here under the sound of my voice. And you are looking to get to the peak of technology as an engineering student, as a scientist, a time will come in your life where that innovation you are seeking to bring about, you will be asked to make a choice. Lord Jesus, save my soul from contamination. Lord Jesus, save my soul from contamination. Lord Jesus, save my soul from contamination. Save me, Jesus. In the day that it matters most, help me to pick you. In the day that it matters most, Jesus, help me to choose you. 
in the day that it matters most, Jesus, help me to choose you. May I not be driven away by false doctrine, Jesus. The world is offering things that are so pleasurable. Is it not money? Learn how to make wealth. Learn how to make wealth. But I tell you, friends, there is a way that cement right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Lord Jesus, save my soul from contamination. Save my soul, Jesus, from contamination. At the beginning, it may not look like it's evil, but at the end of the day, you will find that you have treaded a wrong path and you cannot find your way back again. You would have gone down a path of great achievements and success and you cannot find God to hold on to. Jesus, save my soul. 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 Save my soul from contamination. Guide my heart from idle words. Deliver me, Jesus, from corruption of this world. The world is corrupting Christianity. They are corrupting the very image of Jesus. They are corrupting the very image of Jesus. If you watch many interviews now, you listen to politicians now, what they paint about Jesus is not who Jesus is. What they tell you about Jesus is not who Jesus is. And you think it's just a movie. It's just an interview. It's just a comment. But that's what they are doing. They are in the name of Jesus we pray hallelujah take your seats in heavenly places far above principalities and powers friends the matter of corruption is an important one guard your salvation guard your salvation jealously guard it because most of you under the sound of my voice you like movies and you pick up a Netflix movie and you begin to watch it a series and then initially it's a comedic movie. But then they will now tell you, they will bring up issues about the Bible and begin to make fun of it and laughing alongside. Yes, it's comedy. Who hates comedians? Nobody. Who in their right minds in the 21st century, right? But at the end of the day, you find that the idea of that movie is to blaspheme God. The idea of that movie is to pick at your fear for God. Pick at it. So you begin to feel at ease when people make comedy or make light of the things of God after you have just seen one season of a movie and at the end of the day has it tampered with your holiness? No. Has it touched your purity on the outside? No. You have not sinned. You have not lied. You have not defiled your body. No. But something has happened with your mind that you are losing the consciousness and the knowledge of God. It's dripping out. That's another intelligence of hell and that's what they are doing in these end times. And so me that I like watching movies, I just got one series and I was watching. In me, they were singing nice songs. And then a song was playing and I was hearing Antichrist. In that song, they were not hiding it. Antichrist, they were singing Antichrist. And I paused because it was very short. I went back again. Ah, was I hearing well or it was played? And I heard it again, Antichrist. Very interesting movie. They said delete it. I deleted it. I didn't watch it again. Another one also. I didn't even watch it the end. Just episode one, I deleted it. It's fun. It was comedy. I like comedy. We like to laugh. But may you not exchange those few minutes of laughter for the faith that you hold so dear. Please be wise. When the Bible says we are in the end times, it's not just about people running around with matches and bombs trying to kill Christians. There's so much demonic intelligence now. They don't even need to fight you physically. It will not even be a witchcraft battle now. They'll be making you lose value for God slowly. And at the end of the day, you'll not be able to be numbered amongst those that are saved again. You will see it, but can we see the fruit of it? After a while, you are now like a rubber band that has reached its elastic limit or has broken its yield point. It's still a rubber band, is it not? It still has rubber band color, rubber band texture, but it cannot be used to band anything anymore. It's now only rubber. It's no longer band. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 
For those of us that were, were not around, people, please bring this thing down a bit. For those of us that had not been around or are just returning, we welcome you as a church wholeheartedly. And God will help us to be very fast. You're welcome back. We are happy to see you. Chapel of Praise has been praying for you. We'll continue to pray for you. And now that you are back, you can join the chariot. God bless you. Hallelujah. So, the emphasis God gave us for the month of March, we're in March, right? Hallelujah. Is purity. 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 Hallelujah. Wonderful word. Wonderful word. And so if you are not aware, please be aware now. Because there are many reasons people come to church today. I'm very sure people are here to charge their phones. Me, I know. Hallelujah. I'm not li- am I lying? Am I lying? I'm not lying now. Ushers, people have met you and they say, please charge my phone for me. And then they'll go outside. Guilty conscience will not allow them to stay outside. They'll come back inside. There are people who are here because they have not been around for a long time. Just, ah, I can't just stay in the house now. I've been in the house since morning. Let's just go out. And they will come. There are those who are here obligated by service. I have to go and see in the choir. I attended rehearsals on Thursday. Now that my three hours will not be a waste, they will come. There are those of you who perhaps, being in school, you were in school from morning, and then service time caught you in school, so that they will not say I was in school since morning, and then when church began, I went home. Let me just stay. Hallelujah. You have your various reasons for being here tonight. Granted, I give you that. Who am I to judge you for whatever brought you in here? But I want you to pay attention tonight because it's not an accident that you're in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First thing I'd like us to understand tonight is that to truly measure a genuine encounter with God is not in the affluence you live with from that place. Hallelujah. I met God. How, I, how people can measure it or how I myself can measure it is not the amount of money I left that place with. I have encountered Jesus, because that's what he talked about on Tuesday, right? How many people were there? Can you remember the topic for Tuesday's Bible studies? They didn't come to church, right? Yes, I, let's just assume. Everyone that was in church. And then we talked about revelation of the word. The man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so we're talking about an encounter with Jesus, meeting and knowing him for a short time. Because many a times in Christianity, we assume that we know him. We assume. I've been in church for more than 20 years, so I've met Jesus now. I know him. I mean, after all, what am I doing here if not Jesus? Hallelujah. A genuine encounter with Jesus, not the amount of money, like I said earlier, you live with. It's not even the anointing that you walk out of the room and then people begin to fall in your neighborhood. That's not what measures a true encounter. That's not what validates you having met Jesus. That's not what validates you having met the Savior of your soul. Hallelujah. Even that glory that shone on Moses' face. Because I want someone's mind to change tonight. In that when you think of encounter, you're thinking of meeting someone with white hair and white garment and so on and so on. And then you have heard stories. Innocent people have shared their encounters with Jesus. For instance, Paul, how that light shone all around and he was blind. Or others, how they met Jesus and they had black hair and some part of it turned white or the whole hair turned white. Or how that after they met Jesus like Jacob, something was dislocated in their body. 
Hallelujah. And so in your mind, you want to narrow Jesus to this kind of experiences. But I'll tell you, the Bible is spectrum for knowing that you have encountered Jesus. Because the Bible wants you to know when. That's how I say, and with boldness, I tell you, when you have met him, you will know. Hallelujah. So, I could not sing before and I meet Jesus and I start to sing well. It's not, it's not, it's not about that. It's not about the anointing. It's not even about the gift. I can meet a juju man and he will give me money. I can meet a juju man and he will give me a good voice. Hallelujah. How then can a believer measure true encounters with Christ? Isaiah 6 tells us of how that Isaiah being in the temple, his eyes were open in the air. Isaiah died and he saw the Lord. And the next thing that ensued or followed that whole scene was how a man, after seeing the radiance and beauty, he now had a self-realization. And he said, ha, do you know I'm a liar? I didn't know. And he now said, hey, do you know I have lost? I didn't know. Do you know that all this while I've been serving, I've been serving with greed? I didn't know. Hallelujah. That was it. That was it. When you meet him, you stop lying to yourself. Yes. When you meet Jesus, you will stop lying to yourself. How that Paul met him on the way to Damascus. And light and everything. But what happened was, when he met Jesus, the man stopped lying to himself. Paul was a lord, though. Those guys that were following him, they were his boys. But when he met someone, he realized, I am nothing. I am nothing. When you meet Jesus, and you will meet him, I know you will. He wants to introduce himself. And when you do, how you will know is that honesty comes from inside you. Who you really are will appear before you. You will see your true nature. No one will, no one will tell you, hey, this hair that you are making, is it, is it good for people to be making green, green, white, green? No one will tell you. You will know. Hallelujah. So we will not need to preach to you that you understand what I'm trying to say. You follow, you get. Hallelujah. They get. Hallelujah. No one will preach to you that you will know. Hallelujah. No one will tell you those dresses you will know. And that's how you know I've met Jesus. Did you have a dream of somebody flying at your window? No. But you have met Jesus. Because this is what validates those encounters. This is what validates it. Only the pure in heart will see Jesus. And so when he comes in this manner, the idea is to make you pure enough, preparing you for the D-Day. Believe me that there are believers who walk in faith, who will walk in power, and they will not have those encounters that you think about till Jesus comes, about roof opening, unless God, God is merciful. And then they are seeing angels flying around. They may not have it. I'm not telling you to base your Christianity on those things. If God is merciful, you will open your eyes to see. He, he does that. That's how he rules. Hallelujah. But don't base your Christianity on that. He called them that they may be with him. And then they will now see the signs. When he called, we'll see in the Bible, one of the disciples. He told the man of God, I saw you when you were under the tree. And the man said, ah. So you know me, you are indeed the son of God. And what Jesus told him was, if you believe this little thing, you will see much more. 
I tell you, you will see angels ascending and descending from the Son of Man. Because all that there is to me is not the signs that you can see. How that I will take this man of God and you begin to fall and roll on the floor. That's what you are looking for. A wicked and a perverse generation look for a sign. And he said, there will not be any sign given to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The sign you should seek should not be an outward shoe. Seek a sign, yes. But seek one that starts inside of you. Because that's how Jesus acts. That's how he operates. When he calls a man, he calls him inside the closet first. And after that, he has dealt with over time. He will now bring you outside for a shoe. Hallelujah. So someone you under the sound of my voice. I'm reiterating tonight that the value of your Christianity, one, the value of your life on earth is how that you have been able to meet Jesus. Amen. It's not a one-time affair. It's not a one-night stand. Permit me to use that word. Hallelujah. Because intimacy with God, intimacy with Christ is a mutuality that should continue for the rest of your days on earth. So when you have made the relationship you have with Christ to be at its apex on Friday meetings like this, uh, you are gravely missing out on something. When the apex of your love affair with Jesus is on Sundays where you are neatly dressed and ready to go, something is missing. Something is wrong somewhere. Because it is on the strength of these encounters that you rise up like Joseph who read. This is not the message of, oh, Holy Ghost, help me. Hi, hi. Sorry. When... I don't know how to explain it. Forget about it. So, you rise up like Joseph and you begin to affect the world, holding on to Christ and leading a nation. I can't begin to share with you how pain that was when I heard that man of God say those things on that interview. I, I was so angry. Because they were even laughing about it. He even made a, a joke of Jesus turning water to wine. That Jesus was a drunk. That's what he, that's the summary of what he said. They went to a party, for instance, and then they are drinking. Everybody is jollying. Hey, they are partying. And then wine finish. And they were like, ah, all the bars have closed. Jesus said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I, I got you, I got you, I got you. Oh yeah, water, shh, wine. And they began to laugh in the interview, and I was like, what? Hey, Jesus, have mercy. Imagine if I was the one there. What would I portray in that place if I was the richest man in the world? Who knows? zeal though, but think about it. If, sir, you were the president of Nigeria, what image would you portray in that place? And then what image is the one sitting down there portraying now? That was my anger. That one man like that, I will not call him a vagabond. Perhaps I already have. He's sitting there and he's making a mockery of my Lord and Savior. Something is wrong with him. Hallelujah. So friends, Jesus' desire is that after you have finished Aquabum State University as a young person, you will not waste to. He doesn't like that. He doesn't have room for waste. If he took his time and he formed you, and you are beautiful and handsome as you are, you are lively as you are, 
then trust me, he wants to take you to the top. Hallelujah. Please give me Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13 to 16. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13 to 16. I'll be just charging us briefly on what I tag my light. Finish. My light. Yes, thank you. My light. Alright, let's read it together. One to go. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its sabre, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Continue. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. 15, 16, sorry. Let your light pause. Let whose light? Is it our light? Yours, right? So, the Bible is saying that you have a light. Have you heard that before? But you are reading the scripture, right? Did you ever stop and think, let your light, Jesus, which light? Hallelujah. Have you ever stopped to imagine? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And we be, it has become a mantra in Christendom. Let your light so shine before and they may see. Quote a scripture. Any scripture you know, we quote this one. You don't even know where it is, but you quote it. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But you fail to see that it first says, let your light. Have you been shining your light? Hallelujah. The light this scripture is speaking of is not literal light. Because many times, your imagination is wonderful. God gave it to you so that you picture his words properly. Yes, good. But sometimes, you take imagination to the extreme. The light this scripture is talking about is not literal light. Because if that were the case, if we off this light, none of you will shine. Am I lying? Nobody in this room will shine. <laughs> if you shine, they will leave you around. Something is wrong somewhere. Hallelujah. So, what manner of light could it be talking about? And also, by this simple instance I have also given you, it has also shown you that darkness is more than this normal blackness you are seeing outside. Darkness is more than this thing you are seeing here. If light is more than that thing, darkness is more than this one as well. Hallelujah. Story for another day. But now let's consider my light. How Jesus says, my, let your light. And he now teaches the disciples, imagine me being among them. And he says, let your light so shine before men. I would have asked him, Lord, which light? Hallelujah. I'm not an eloquent speaker, like Moses would say. I'm not fluid in speech. Hallelujah. So when you are telling me, let your light so shine, I don't have anointing like everybody else. Which light are you talking about? I don't have the best singing voice. So Lord, which light are you talking about? If you see my CGPA Jesus, you will all know. So which light are you exactly talking about? I don't have skill. I don't have talent. At least some people know how to sue. Others know one thing or the other. I don't have anything. So when you are saying light, I'm confused now, Jesus. Which light exactly? But I want you to first and foremost know 
that regardless of these things you may be looking up or bringing up as excuses, you, you have light. Hallelujah. Can you beat your chest now and say, I have a light. I have a light. Now say, I am the light. Do you believe what you just said now? Hallelujah. It will be tested, though. It will be tested. Let's see the book of John chapter 1. John number 1, John 1, 41 and 42. This was a scenario where Jesus found some of his disciples. He first found his own brother Simon and he said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, hallelujah, when Jesus looked at him, Jesus said, you are Simon. Who told him his name? He said, you are Simon, son of Jonah. And he now said something very peculiar. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So, I want to show you the light that Jesus saw inside Peter. It was not bulb. It wasn't 60 watts. It wasn't energy saver. It was the light of steadiness. S-T-U-R-D-I-N-E-S. He was sturdy. It was the light of being built as a foundation. It was the light of being confident and immobile if you will explain it that way. That was the light that Peter alone had. Amongst the twelve, no one was as resilient as Peter. And this is what Jesus saw inside him. Hallelujah. Let's see another man. Let's jump to 47. 47 of that same scripture. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said to him, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus said to him, before Philip called you, you were under the tree, under the fig tree, and I saw you. Hallelujah. We can also confer in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, how God is speaking to the prophet and tells him, when you were, before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you, I formed you, and I ordained you as a prophet unto the nations. Hallelujah. So, God's word is telling us because the basis of everything we are doing now is on the Bible. I started where I started. Please, if someone is sleeping by your side, touch him. This is not a time to sleep, please. I started where I started by showing us how that the world is reducing the knowledge of God to nothing. Because it doesn't make sense to normal people that, sir, you are a millionaire. And you are living your life based on what a book tells you. It doesn't make any sense. I'll read a book and it tells me you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. But this is a dog-eat-dog world. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense how in a world where you should be vengeful and arrogant, it tells you an eye for an eye. I'm telling you now, it's not correct. If someone slaps you, turn the other side, let him slap you. Um, 
reason wise is not intelligent. You don't have anything to gain. So I started where I started so that you will know that the faith and basis of Christianity is on the word of God. If you call yourself a true believer, you cannot base your life on logic. You cannot base it on words of wisdom. You base it on the word of God. If it is not in the word of God, it is not something you should live by. It is not a way you should behave. Hallelujah. That being said now, whenever we come to church like this and we begin to dig the scripture and we bring out characteristics of how life should be, we are not telling you stories of old people that have died. We are telling you of things that are very capable and possible for you to enter into. That is what the word of God does. We as the messengers, our job is just to stand at the gate and unlock it by the mercy of God that everyone who hears can enter into the realms of these possibilities. So, I show you how Nathaniel comes to Jesus and then he's opened up to the dimension of who he actually is. I show you how that Peter, an ordinary fisherman who, nothing, who no one would have expected anything more of, comes to Jesus and more than a fisherman, a aspect of his destiny that ordinarily he would never have touched is opened up to him. The idea is that by the Spirit of God, through the faith of the words you are hearing, hearing that comes by faith, and faith by hearing the word of God, not a magazine. The idea is that your faith will be stirred up and the Holy Ghost will now hold your hand and tell you, child, come. You are like Peter and you can also enter into these possibilities. That's the idea. Hallelujah. So, Christianity is 100% spirituality. We are not doing logic. We are not doing calculation. If we start singing praise worship and we sing it for 30 minutes and we now, we now put two minutes hot prayer, yes, I believe the atmosphere will be hot. No, we are all following the dictates of the supreme being. He's called the father of spirits. Hallelujah. When you enter this place, carry that mind. Don't be careless whenever you are inviting the presence of God. He is omnipresent, yes. But that aspect of God is somewhat deficient. Because God is omnipresent. Someone can be killing somebody there. His presence is there. But it will not intervene. So when you consciously invite the presence of God to your room now, don't joke with what is happening there. Hallelujah. I don't know why the Holy Ghost is making me do all this. Let's just preach and go. Hallelujah. If it will benefit you. But who knows? Perhaps this is what will profit your soul. Jeremiah 1.5 tells us of how a man is called from the womb as a light. These scriptures I'm bringing is all in a bid to, should I say, convince or show you that indeed you living here under the sound of my voice, there is something peculiar and particular to just you. When he made you, he didn't make us. When he made man, he didn't make men. He made man. Individuality is what he forged you with. And he gifted you specific singularities that you are able to affect the world in your own special and unique way. Hallelujah. Let your light so shine before men. Let's look at the book of Genesis chapter 37 as we begin to wrap up the message. Genesis 37 from verse 5 to 7. We'll see a popular scripture that we know. Genesis 37 from verse 5 to 7. We know the man we are going to talk about now. But there are things we don't know about this man. Yes. 
And Joseph dreamed a eh? he dreamed a dream. Hold that word, dream well. And he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Continue, sir. And he said unto them, Here I, here I pray thee this dream which I have dreamt. Continue. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheep arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obedience to my sheep. Continue. Eight. And here, because before now, you thought that the specialty of Joseph was in interpreting dreams. It was not to. You see. And his brethren said this to him. Look at who is interpreting the dream. Shall thou indeed reign over us? Was it Joseph that told them the interpretation? They interpreted it. Or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his what? And for his words. Hallelujah. Jump, sir. Please jump to verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 and 10. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamt a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. Ten. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. Who interpreted it this time? His father. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamt? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come and bow ourselves to thee, to the earth? Hallelujah. It wasn't interpreting dreams that made Joseph special. He was dreaming. Amen. Hallelujah. It wasn't interpreting dreams because the whole family had, you will see that they had that capacity. It's not physics education that will make you blue. There are over a hundred of you in that department. It's not electrical engineering that your elder brother studied. Your younger brother studied electrical. Your last born is studying electrical. Or perhaps all of you are a family of engineers. It's not engineering that will make you outstanding. There is something peculiar in your own ministry that all of them don't have. So if they had a competition of dream interpretation, I'm sure Reuben would have beat them hands down. Or Judah would have been very cunning. Or Levi would have had the words to put there. Hallelujah. We would not have even seen Joseph's brake lights. Amen. But there was something, there was a light that Joseph carried. There was something that set him apart. Genesis 41 now. Genesis 41 verse 1. Genesis 41 verse 1. And it came to pass at of two full years that Pharaoh dreamt. And behold, he now begins to enumerate the dream. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Pharaoh entered somewhere. He entered a domain of somebody. When it comes to interpretation of dreams, don't call my name. I will not come. Joseph says. But when you have dream, call me. Hallelujah. And so God had, by mercy, trained this young man in a place where, when it comes to this skill and this light that he carried, he was second to none. In his family, he was second to himself. God took him out of that place. As long as you are in this place now, Joseph, there's nothing special about you. Hallelujah. As long as you're with your brethren, this gift you have, this idea you have of 
changing the world, for instance, most of you are under the sound of my voice. This gift you have of alleviating poverty, this gift you have of ah, modifying so, 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 and so, and so, with such innovations, as long as you remain in this location, there is nothing special about you. Everybody can do it. And so God took him out of that place. And he took him to a place where his light will shine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Understand again. If you go through the history of this family, there was one that dreamt. Joseph. He was the dreamer. But as he came to the application of these dreams, the brothers, all of the whole family had dynamics on doing it. And so God took him to a place where after he had learned a skill that complemented his own light, God took him to a place now that both his dream and the interpretation made him a star. Hallelujah. And so if you check 41 from verse 25. 41 from verse 25. 25 will go to 40. 41, 25 to 40. It's a long read, but it's necessary. Okay. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, he began to interpret the dream now. The dream of Pharaoh is one. God had showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. Continue, sir. Okay, jump to 27. And the seventh thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty years blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. 28. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. 29. Behold, there are come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. 30. And they shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and famine shall consume the land. 31. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine. 32. 33. Now, therefore, look. Okay, this is what I was looking for. And now, by reason of studies, because the gift of the dream and the interpretation is not what Beth did idea that this man gave. Hallelujah. That's not what brought about what you see now. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look for a man that is discreet and wise. New King James says, discerning and wise and set him over land of Egypt. Hallelujah. There was something inside a man. Let me just do a brief explanation. There was something inside a man that set him apart from his brothers. One, God took him out of that place. Took him to a place where what he had was sought for. Further or more than that, he took his own personal work and staying with God. And then you find that a boy that was 17 or 20 about the time, 20, 23 about the time, came up with an idea that a nation full of red cap chiefs could not descend this man's knowledge. So after he opened his mouth and he told the king, this is what you will do. You will find someone that is wise enough to handle their affairs. And Pharaoh now said, ah, we did not even have this kind of idea before now. Who is more wise than you, little boy? Hallelujah. Amen. When I, I began earlier by telling you that there is a star, or oh, there is a light, yes. There is a light peculiar and particular to yourself. And then I also said, if you were told me, I would have said, Lord, which light? Because as far as I'm concerned, I cannot see any light. 
The reason I cannot see any light is because just like Joseph, I'm in a company of people that can interpret dreams and I can also interpret a dream. The reason you're not seeing anything particular about yourself being outstanding or special is because you are inside a crowd, mixed multitude of people. Maybe them are even better than what you in your night or whatever it is you can do. And much like Joseph, you need to come out of that place. Much like Joseph, you need to step out of the ordinary. Yes, they are your friends. They are people you enjoy gisting and talking and all that with. But friends, when it comes to relevance and destiny, Joseph will always leave his father's house. If not, he will remain there. If he's even lucky to escape being killed in the pit. Hallelujah. One time, Esther was playing to me. And then that woman of God said something. And said, if beauty is the only thing you have, you are finished. If beauty is the only thing you have, you are finished. My earliest mentors, my, my pastor at home, he awarded me with an award of excellence. Do you know what the award was? Craftiness. Not in being cunning as deceitful, but craftiness in escaping things, logical reasoning. And so he was asking me some questions. And he asked all of us. And then when I would answer, he would just look at me. He was asking to find an offense in somebody. And when I would answer, he would just say, this boy, you have been able to craftily escape again, as you always do. You are so crafty. As far as intelligence was concerned, I will not say I'm the most intelligent, but we have we have how we get by. Hallelujah. But then, it was when I came in my year one into this place. I now understood. After my first semester, God helped us. The result was not that bad. I now understood. Hey, if it is by just that intelligence you think you have, they will forget you in three months. After you live here, there's nothing that they will write home about you again. You'll be a talented nobody. And many of you have met them. In your family, you know them. I have a relative that he sits outside his house. He has a whiteboard. And he will sit a math professor. And he will carry marker. And he's talking to you and he's solving math problems on the wall. Brilliant uncle. And the only thing he has to show for it, people have thesis. People have contributions. But all he has to show for it is that his whiteboard and his house and his big car. Hallelujah. Nothing profound that can change or touch humankind. Nothing. I hope you know that there are people that use knowledge of math, sir. And they are affecting the world positively. I don't mean exam problem now. Mathematics. You that in math, go and research applications of mathematics. You are in computer science. I, I often tell my people, what is the application of what you are studying in real life? Don't just study it and then go away. Because God will not be unfaithful to allow you to come here and study petrochemical engineering. At the end of the day, you are not using it for anything. When I had a crisis about myself and I wondered, I had a passion for electrical engineering. And now you are showing me church, church, church. Is it I'm going to become a pastor and leave all these things? Ah, it's not true. There is an application of what I'm doing here now. And I will apply it. Whether now, whether I know it or not, I will apply everything I'm doing here now. Hallelujah. So friends, hear me. Because what I'm telling you tonight is from a burden in my heart. 
how that light that God has given all of mankind, more especially his children, those whom he has called to be with him, that he may send them. And just like the 12 disciples, you are all here. And he's telling you, you are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. A man does not light a lamp and put it under a table. He sets it on a lampstand that it will give light. Hallelujah. He has lit you as a candle. And he wants to give you a position to dwell in. But until you have proven yourself a candle, you cannot find a location. Because if it were just talent and skill and gift alone, we would still not know Joseph up till now. There was something that made Joseph more relevant than all of his brothers. And that was the heart Joseph had in staying with God. And he endeared himself to God. Hallelujah. There were more talented young boys, 17 years in Israel. But there was only one that had what it took to kill Goliath. Not because of physical prowess or strength. But because this one has stayed and his skill has been refined in the presence of God. And it has become a weapon. Hi. Vashti and Esther, you can't compare their physical beauty. You can't compare it. If the Bible says someone is fair, trust me, the person is fair. If the Bible says she was beautiful to behold, so much that the king wanted to flaunt her, it means her skin eh, was like polythene. Hallelujah. That was how she was. But then a woman came out of obscurity, Esther. Her parents were not royalty that you say she has been pampered from childhood. This one just underwent the normal weeks of pampering. And then when she appeared before the king, the king was dumbfounded. We will pick this one so she will be one of my wives. If it were for beauty alone, that woman would not have been heard of. If it was for skill alone, Daniel would have been lost in time. Hallelujah. So, let your light so shine before men. Because by your light shining, there is something it ought to produce. Good works. Hallelujah. So, chemical engineer, under the sound of my voice, let your light so shine before men. It is not a mistake, again I say, that you are there. You are in that family, it's not an accident. But there is something peculiar about you that, take, that took you to that place. There is a general gift and burden everybody has. There is something peculiar about you, sir. And it, it will only come out when you are present. Pharaoh did not dream these dreams years before Joseph arrived. The minute Joseph arrived, his vicinity. Then, in that same year, his second year of rulership, Pharaoh dreamt and there was an interpreter of dreams around. When the Bible says the gift of a man opens doors for him, hey, hey, you be a gifted singer. Man of God, I know I can't do what you do, Nathan. I can't do what he does, though. I can sing, but I can't do what that man does. By reason of use, he has exercised it. Hallelujah. You who teaches, you who prays, I can't do what you do. By reason of use, you have exercised it. Hallelujah. They like to waste because every believer on the face of the earth has light. But only those who have been able to stay with him enough. Because when he saw all the disciples, he, he had something peculiar about all their destinies. Peter, you are the, this one. Nathaniel, you are this one. I'm sure he, he stated 12 of them, special things that were engrafted in their destinies. But number one, he called them that they may be with him and he might now send them. 
Whatever you are carrying inside as light, like I said, it's not tangible light that we off light. Now, you will begin to shine. It is an intangible one. And what must happen to you, what must happen to your life is that a forge that is also intangible must work on you that this light will be brighter than it already is now. Because you will hear of God's servants like Pastor Chris Oyakilome and the rest. That's not how they began. And they did not just break out in one day. There was a forging process. There was a walking furnace. Hallelujah. A chaplain, God's servant, will share her testimony with you. How she was sometimes past and how she is now. There was a light that was there. Even in her family, you are there under the sound. You know what I'm talking about. There is something you know that separates you from everybody in your house. But can I tell you, it will die. And it will not make any meaning unless it has begun to be effective. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I trust God that you have heard something tonight. But more so I know ah, there is always that one. Regardless of the drawings, it only takes the spirit of God's special intervention and angels appearing for such an one's eyes to be open. But may you not be such one in the name of Jesus. Can you rise to your feet tonight? Ye are the light of the world. On the face of Akwaibum State University, you are the light. In your family, you are the light. But friends, is it possible that whilst being the light, situations are happening that God has given you charge over? Because Jeremiah, I appointed you a prophet to the nations, perhaps. I appointed you a prophet to that family. And then what a prophet ought to do to this family. For years it has been going by. Nobody has been doing it. Or somebody else has taken up that place and is doing it negatively. And the one I actually gave that mantle to is just sitting down and wasting it. Can you just lift your voice tonight and tell Jesus, Father, if indeed your words are true concerning my life, let tonight be the beginning of your work in me again. Let tonight be the beginning of your work in me again. You have called me light and you have put something in me on the day of making. On the day of creation, Lord Jesus, tonight, begin to reforge it again. Begin to bring it out again, Lord Jesus. Let it begin to stand out again. Let the light you have put in me, let the light that you have called me, let it begin to show forth now. Let it begin to show forth now. Because we will preach from the day of your birth to the day you grow old. Ah, scripture says you are the light of the world. But you do not know the dynamics of this light. You do not even understand understand the makings of that light. You don't understand what this light even entails. So you begin to clamor and begin to profess things that you don't understand. And they will not profit you. Can you tell Jesus tonight, I surrender my heart to you. Jesus, I surrender myself to you now. I surrender my life to you, Lord. If you call me light, Lord, let I, let me shine indeed. If you call me light, Lord, begin to walk in me that I will shine indeed. If you have called me light, help me, Lord, to indeed shine. If you have called me light, help me, Lord, to indeed stand out. As Joseph, bring me out of a place of obscurity. As Joseph, bring me out of the place of normalcy. Bring me out of that place. Can you lift your voice and make that a prayer? Can someone sincerely make that a hard time? Jesus, bring me out of that place. Save my soul, Lord Jesus. Bring me, Lord Jesus, out of normalcy. 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 Bring me, Lord, out of normalcy. Bring me out of average. Bring me out of average. I am amongst a people of unclean lips, like I would say. I am amongst normal people. I am amongst normal people. I have to step out first. I have to step out first. Then the uniqueness in me will be seen. As long as I am around 
invisible. Nothing special is, there's nothing special about me. As long as I am around this room, there's nothing special about me. You have called me unique and dynamic, but it looks as if I am like everybody else in my family. It looks as if I am like everybody else, Lord Jesus. Call me out, Lord. Call me out of this place. Call me out of this place, Jesus. Tonight, call me out of this place. Amongst those group of friends, Jesus, call me out. Jesus, call me out tonight. Call me out tonight. That I may gain relevance beyond the natural. That I may gain relevance beyond the years I live on earth. Father, call me out. Call me out. Call me out, Jesus. Else I will end up like my father ended. Call me out, Jesus. Else I will end up like my mother ended. That I am a good person at heart doesn't mean I will make it in destiny. That you are sincere doesn't mean you will make it in destiny. That you don't hurt anybody doesn't mean you will make it in destiny, friends. It takes the hand of God to cause your light to shine. It takes the hand of God to cause your light to shine. It takes an orchestration of God. And like Joseph, God will step in and pull him out of his father's house. And like Joseph, God will send him to Potiphar's house and he will be refined them all. And like Joseph, God will send him to the prison. And like Joseph, he will send him to the, the house of Pharaoh and his light will then shine. Can you lift your voice and make that a prayer? Father, call me out and begin to walk in my life. Begin to walk in my destiny. Begin to walk on me, Jesus. Begin to walk on him that I may be like Moses. I may be the savior of my house. Call me out of the house of Pharaoh. And Moses decided in himself that he shall not enjoy the luxury of Pharaoh's house. He will break out. He will step out. Lord Jesus, call me out. Jesus, call me out. And during the days of the feast, Esther decided we shall not continue to enjoy this feast, but we'll take a three days and we'll wait upon the Lord with fasting and with prayer. And when she appeared before the king, her light shone brighter. Her light shone brighter. Jesus, begin the process in me now. Jesus, begin the process in me now. Jesus, begin the process in me now. Jesus, begin the process in me now.
So if you are here under the sound of my voice and you are still alive to sin, you are still alive to flesh, you are still alive to worldliness and its loss thereof, I like to quickly lay your hands on your chest now and begin to speak to Jesus now. Hey, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever submits to him, whoever comes under his ambience will not waste, will not perish, will not be useless, but we have everlasting life. Lord Jesus, I come under your ambience. That's your prayer tonight. Lord Jesus, I come under your authority tonight. I surrender myself, Lord Jesus. I surrender my knowledge. I surrender my effort and my ability to you. For those who are making that prayer, can you begin to make that prayer now? Lord Jesus, I am your own. I declare with my mouth that Jesus saved me. I declare with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. He died and was raised again. And I declare now, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my master. You are the one in charge of my destiny. You are the one in charge of my life. You are the one in charge of this body. As long as life is concerned, I am your servant and you are my master. Can someone make that a prayer? Is somebody making that a prayer? Jesus, I surrender my heart again to you. I surrender my life that I will take up your own life. I lay aside this life of death that I will take up your own life. Thank you, bless Jesus. Thank you, bless Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you have made that prayer, I would just like you to come forward that I may pray for you. If you've made that prayer, I would just like you to come forward that I will pray for you. If you've made that prayer, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Jesus Christ speaking says, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will also be ashamed of you before my heavenly Father. Can you just run forward now if you have made that prayer? Can you just come out now? Can you just come out now? Don't be afraid of people seeing you. Ah, are they going to say that you, don't, you want to go to heaven? This is you making peace with your creator. This is you making peace with Jesus. So don't care what anybody else is saying. After all, what you're coming out here to do is a good thing. Don't be afraid of anyone. Don't be afraid of anybody. Can you just come? Abela Romanas Kabila Brahana Shai Epelegado, Ramians Hamvre Embeleg Deng Jinia Pelegado Siakabai. Can you make a shame of the devil now? Can you just run out here now? Can you run out here? If you have made that prayer, can you just come out here? Can you disgrace the devil now tonight? By telling him that as you have helped me this many years, tonight, this is the end of it. Me and you, we don't have any business again. As a connection, we don't have any business again. I am for Jesus. Can you just run out tonight? One more minute, one more minute, one more minute, one more minute. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can you lift your voice and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Every eater of light. Every eater of light. Every eater of light. Lord Jesus, tonight I overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. Every eater of light. Every waster of destiny. Tonight I overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. Every eater of light. In the name of Jesus. Hear me before you pray that prayer as you will go. Because you're going to get revelations now. I like to understand that there are many people that come to this who greatly talented men of God. Prophets. Teachers in the making, and as they enter the university, they have mingled and encountered with something that has made them less virtual. And you will tell of that brother that when he was at home, ah, that guy was on fire, that guy was good. He went to the university and he's coming back and he's looking like someone that his head is not working again. Eater of light. We tell you the thing that you have is that you will understand that the world we live in is a spiritual one. <clears throat> Can you just lift your voice and make that prayer? Every eater of light, every waster of destiny. Lord Jesus, tonight I overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. In my family, perhaps someone has already been taken by in your family. Perhaps a destiny has already been snatched as we speak now in your family. Lord, in my family, every eater of destiny, every eater of light, every eater of destiny, every waster of destiny. Tonight I overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. Tonight I overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. Tonight I overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. Can you make that your prayer? Lord Jesus, in my father's house, amongst my siblings, amongst my father's children, every waster of destiny, every waste of destiny, I overcome them 
tonight. I overcome them tonight. I overcome them tonight. By the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the words of my testimony tonight, I overcome them. Jesus, every eternal light, I overcome them tonight. I cannot be small. You cannot be small. You cannot end in obscurity. You will not end in obscurity. Jesus died on the cross that you may be made known to the world. Jesus was hid from the world that you may reveal to the world. Jesus was shamed that you may be rejoiced over. Jesus was hid in darkness that you may be displayed in light. Jesus felt pain that you may know no pain. Every eater of destiny, he was cut short that you will live a long life. He knew poverty that you will know wealth. Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, every eater of destiny, every waste of man, every waste of man, tonight I overcome you in my family. You who have wasted destinies, you who have wasted my brothers, you who have wasted my sisters, tonight I overcome you.
Thank mm-hmm. you.